Hello, what's going on? Welcome to the Rowing the Point NBA podcast. I'm your host, Alex Cooter, and I'd like to welcome you to the first episode of the podcast. This could be the Chauncey Billups episode or the Prime D Rose episode. But yeah, not long now until the season starts, only about two weeks or so, and you can look forward to previews of both conferences, award predictions, and so on. So I'm um, getting into information about the podcast. Be looking about 30 minutes per pod or even going on, depending on what sort of information, how heavy information day it is. Places you can find the podcast be on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube at the moment. Um, there'll be regular Instagram posts happening, maybe one or two times a day. And also considering expanding to places like Facebook. So yeah, a little bit about myself. Like a lot of people my age, I'm 21. Kobe Bryant was one of the people that got me into basketball. Um, I think, yeah, just his style of play was really appealing to the outside but it was really Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden's what made the game stick. I really loved the sort of swagger of the younger players. That was definitely something that was appealing to me. And um, KD used to be my favourite player. Finding it a bit hard to follow him and his success towards Golden State. However, I do really appreciate the way he plays. And yeah, there's a bit going on with KD and his Twitter fingers and burner accounts and so on. So that's interesting. But yeah, anyway, I like to get someone to talk on regularly and have conversations, a bit of debate. I'm really up for a debate with anyone that wants to shoot the shit. But yeah, so I was reading an article the other day on Bleach Report and it was about players doing their own podcasts such as CJ McCullum, Draymond Green, the Road Tripping Podcast with Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry, JJ Redick as well. I think Danny Green has one. I couldn't imagine him talking. Just I think that whole Spurs allure. Everyone seems really quiet and reserved over there. But um, until they laugh, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, there was a stat that really caught my eye. So um, originally C- CJ McCollum's podcast was doing about what was it, about twenty thousand um, downloads per episode, and then you had Kevin Durant on, and that was a two part series, and each episode had about one hundred and five thousand each. But since then, it's been doing about 56,000. Anyway, the moral of this little anecdote that I want to talk about is that if anyone knows Kevin Durant, please like, like ask him if he wants to get on the podcast. It would be really nice to jump to 50,000 um, this early on. <laughs> but um, So going into the first um, bit of news that's really been happening recently, the whole Jimmy Butler saga. So if you don't know, Jimmy Butler met with Tom Thibodeau, the coach, and the owner acting GM, I don't know what what to describe him, basketball operations, and they were meant to meet in Minnesota, and then apparently Jimmy missed his flight, and Tibbs had to come out to LA or whatever, and Jimmy Butler essentially said that he wanted out. He didn't cite, or there hasn't been anything officially come from Jimmy's side or camp about the reasoning for him wanting to leave. However, there have been a lot of um, discussions that it's been about players like Andrew Wiggins and some of the young players' work ethic. Yeah, and coming out, his preferred cities to go to are Brooklyn, New York, and the Clippers, which is <clears throat> interesting because they're teams that, especially in the past, I don't think the only one that's won the championship has been New York, and that was like in yonks ago. So he's really looking to start from the ground and build something up, a lot different to what KD ironically did. What's been happening is the Knicks have stated that they don't want to go out of their way to get a player that they see they can get in free agency, which they will finally have some a little bit of cap space coming the next year. And then, like, you're looking at Brooklyn and the noise coming from there. It doesn't even seem that they're interested. I think perhaps that this might be a missed opportunity for them to get a player in-house that's keen on at least going to that market. 
and really looking to add another piece in the next off season and having sort of that um, two spearhead because it's a big free agent pool coming in the um, next off season. And then also the Clippers, like it seems like they ha- they may have the horses to get a trade like this done. The um, it's been stated that the Timberwolves have been looking for <laughs> literally anything. They're looking for um, Tibbs traditionally has been, been a bit of a win now sort of coach and may- been making a few of those trades and signings. But they're, apparently they're also looking for young talent, which could be a direction they could go in. Carl Towns is twenty three, I think, and like Andrew Wiggins, they're both still very young pieces. Andrew Wiggins still has a lot to prove for next season. But um, they might have the horses. They're very deep side, the Clippers. They go about 10 deep. They can actually play rotational minutes. But there hasn't been a lot of chatter for them. You do see that they just drafted these two rookies, that um, prospects in Shea Gildress-Alexandra and what's the other bloke's name? But anyway, they do seem like they have the horses to get a trade like this done. Um, I'm going to go over it probably a bit later. But I do think like the original trade with Brooklyn and the Celtics has really made sort of these future picks seem really sexy at the moment, like sort of the interest of everyone loves going into the lottery. Everyone loves buying a lottery ticket thinking they might win life-changing money. And I think the same thing goes with these future picks. Um, picks have really become put on a pedestal recently. And Clippers might be able to get this done, and I think it would be a really smart move. Um, Kawhi's apparently interested in going to the Clippers next off-season, so you could get that um, movement of contracts to actually make something work for next season and really challenge the crown for LA because the Clippers did lose it. They did have the opportunity a few years ago at the twilight of Kobe's career to really take LA, and I don't think they, they didn't maximise that. So apparently Jimmy Butler has said that he, one of his preferred destinations now is Miami. And Miami seems really keen. I think that Miami has a lot of incentive to go for a player like Butler because they're really hamstrung when it comes to contracts. And they don't have a lot of um, malleability going forward. So but you look at them and they have a lot of bad contracts. Probably one of their better young pieces, I see, it's going to have to be a Justice Winslow and someone trade. Because apparently... Um, Josh Richardson, they've just said no. They said he's an, they can't touch him. So in, it's probably going to have to involve a third team. Goran Dragic is probably going to have to be moved. He's their only other nice piece, seeing him play in the All-Star game. And I was looking on the trade machine, um, possible um, things that could happen, and Phoenix was coming up in um, other rumours and that as a team that's interested to get involved in the sweepstakes. So I was playing around and the best trade I could sort of find that would make any sense would be the Timberwolves receive Dragic, Winslow and perhaps the second or two. Um, Heat would receive Butler and Warren. The Suns would receive Teague and Luke Babbitt to stretch the floor, which would be funny, another Ryan Anderson almost. That's probably the best thing I could sort of see happening. It's really, it really seems like it's going to be difficult for the Heat because if they're not willing to put in Richardson, then they're really sort of limiting themselves in being able to get Jimmy Butler over. And it, with that relationship that he has with Dwayne Wade, where it's actually pretty good and it was sort of them against the rest of the locker room back in those Bulls um, time together, ugh, half a season, I think this could... Miami's going to have to push a lot harder than they already are. I think it's going to be a really good thing. Um, that sort of Spurs-esque sort of organisation mentality from Miami... Um, with Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, I think Butler will really fit into that, <laughs> how they get measured like weekly for their weight and so on. Um, I think it's sort of got, it's going to be completely different to to what um, Butler was 
assuming was going to happen with the Timberwolves. So I think that could definitely be a good fit for him. But I think it's going to be really difficult for Miami to sort of get enough assets to really entice the Wolves because it seems like Tibbs is really like headstrong that he wants to get a good deal or he doesn't want to do anything, which looks like you have to get something done in the next week or before the season starts at the latest. I don't think he can go into a season with Jimmy Butler being this volatile of an asset and all the... You could just ruin, like, the rest of Carl Towns' tenure at the um, club. But um, another team that's really going hard at him, or seems to be at least, is the Houston Rockets. So he, they did sign Camelo Anthony to a deal after his um, short stint in Atlanta, I guess you could say. And yeah, the rumours are that they're heavily interested. And I guess if there's a team that has like limited room and is going to be able to actually get something done, it's going to be Daryl Morey. Like, I'm still confused on the maths of how they got CP3. They did very, um, like, sort of the order of operations, that sort of thing. Daryl's really uh, one of those GMs that can sort of work his magic to get anything done. So it's been rumoured that Eric Gordon and something else is um, involved in it. But I really don't see the appeal for the Timberwolves to trade with Houston. Like, Eric Gordon's all right, but he's, he is pretty old, and it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a really good fit because I think the Timberwolves should be going for those young and promising assets. That's where I saw Justice Winslow. Maybe a different um, scene might be good for him leaving the Heat. That's why um, I thought he'd be all right. Dragic can sort of help run that pick and roll with Carl Towns because Dragic is one of the better pick and roll players in the league. That's where he gets a lot of you. I think that's how he got an all-star appearance pretty much. Similar to Kyrie with his defensive weaknesses. Like it's more that uh, he's a tough player. It could be a bit, if he tried a bit more, I think he'd clamp down in the playoffs a bit better. I think when I watched them play in the playoffs, that's definitely something. When he clamped down, he did better, but he's still a liability on defense. And having a player like Winslow adding to that and you've got Wiggins, like that could be a really like lengthy and athletic um set of wings for the Timberwolves but yeah going away from the rumours this is I've got two teams that I really think would be a good fit for him the Portland Trailblazers so I think Portland the case for this is for Portland is I feel like they're suffering a bit from what Toronto and past Clippers had where it was getting a bit stale for the team there was nothing really new so I th- I almost think it's a bit of time for them to cut bait and maybe a swap with CJ and parts, etc. could be something to get done. I didn't run them through the trade machine yet. But um, CJ would be able to help the Timberwolves because of his ball handling and be able to run the offense. It seems they lack a bit of ball handling depth at the moment, the Timberwolves, and this could really help them, especially with the second unit, that um, CJ being able to generate his own offense and helping for others. Um, Butler would love Dame's work ethic and etc. Maybe like other guys rubbing the wrong way on the side, but Dame's been praised endlessly for his work ethic. I think that would be a really good pairing for the two. The rest of the roster's a bit, I don't know. It's weird. It's very similar to Toronto the previous year. They have one of the better regular seasons in the club's history, and then it still feels stale. They came up very, very short in the playoffs, and it still feels like, I don't know, but like one of the assets which I was talking about, I think I was talking about earlier, is a long-term pick that has this illusion, similar to the Miami pick that was sent to the 76ers in the draft, that the teams, if they may look like they have a chance to become a bit cruddy going forward, a pick in maybe three or four years, 
it can look really appealing. That's why people really loved what the 76ers did without a GM in the draft by going back and picking up that Miami pick because Miami definitely has a chance to um, drop back in the standings. Perhaps it's a little selfish of me to want Portland to do that, but um, I do think that there could be wriggle room for both teams to really get excited about a trade like that with Butler and CJ swapping. I think it's getting a bit stale what's happening in Portland. It could be a really good thing for them. The next team on my on, on a bit of a bucket list, not bucket list, a sort of team that I think should get into the um, Jimmy Butler sweepstakes is the Toronto Raptors. So over the off-season, after the DeMar DeRozan debacle and acquiring Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, for example, has been very discontent with management and um, not responding to Masai Jerry's calls. Same with Nick Nurse, the new coach that they, they didn't bring in. They've elevated from the staff and um, he's only been doing what he, the bare minimum and, like getting to media day or so on. And he's been known to be able to spit the dummy every so often, old Kyle Lowry. And could he be a moving part, a player that might want out? I think also another aspect why Toronto might be a good thing is Masai Jerry seems to be going for the Kawhi trade, was trying to push all his chips into the middle. And I think that'll really go in a line, getting Jimmy Butler in the final year of his deal, same with Kawhi Leonard, pushing their chips into the middle. Because from my understanding, Masai's been wanting to do a rebuild for a while, but it's been really difficult for Toronto, where basketball isn't as big as hockey, it's been difficult to do a rebuild because they, they weren't a very big um, side early on when they weren't doing so well Toronto. They weren't getting enough um, crowds and so on, so they had to keep the momentum of this um, Toronto side that was led by DeMar DeRozan. Seeing opportunity to snap up Kawhi Land was definitely something Masai Jerry really wanted to do. So they're a deep team with a lot of young assets, which... You sort of don't realise until you really look at their side. I think the concept of the future pick, as I was talking before, is a bit sexy with the potential to turn this whole thing on its head. So if you put a pick in the future years, um, when they got robbed by the Celtics, as I mentioned earlier, it's really made this future pick look good with the Miami one that was getting drafted and, and so on. So I think Toronto does have the legs to get a trade over. It's just... Does Messiah have the Jerry's to get a trade done? <laughs> so the next bit of news I wanted to talk about was Rajon Rondo starting over Lonzo Ball. I honestly think it's a bit of a no story. Luke Walton seemed to be really... He just went straight to it when he was asked the question. And I think you have to start Rajon Rondo. His, Lonzo was injured in the offseason. You just brought in this veteran that's been and won a championship as a starting point guard of a very, very headstrong Celtics team. And I think that this is probably the best thing for Lonzo. Like, LA's a big market. If you take all... LeBron's going to take all the attention, but if you take the attention off Lonzo and his shortcomings, I think it's going to really help him blossom. Yeah, like, I think there's a lot of assets like and knowledge that these younger players could really gain. And I think LA's playing for the long term. They're not playing to win this season, clearly. If you can get a bit of confidence into these younger players by putting these vets in front of them and seeing the right work um, patterns and exactly how you need to execute, I think this could be 
I think what they're doing in LA, they're thinking higher than what the media's thinking. The media says there's no shooting around LeBron. LeBron's always had shooting. However, they've got these veterans in front of these younger talents and LA's looking to build a dynasty. And I think they're going I think the way they're going, it's reasonable. So if you can develop a Brandon Ingram, Alonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, who seems to be like he's getting a bit of attention over the offseason, I think this could be, they could build sustained excellence. And that's something that the Lakers brands always wanted to do. And yeah, so lastly, talking about media day, I think a lot of, there's been a lot of stories that have just been excessively blown up. Um, looking at what's been happening in media day. And I think it's a really interesting moment for the NBA where it's really becoming a 12-month sport. And I think that's why I wanted to start this podcast to talk about all these stories that are always coming up in the NBA. I think that all the attention is moving to the premier franchises such as your Celtics, such as your Lakers, even Golden State, which traditionally it's been a very small market. It's very odd to see team like Golden State builds such a dynasty and they're going to be seen as one of the by this generation of NBA fan as one of the premier markets which is really interesting because previously it was a very dire place to play in Golden State similar to what the Clippers have been known to be like when I've been doing my research I think it could what could be interesting is they're building up these historic franchises again New York the Knicks the Mecca of basketball Madison Square there's a lot of buzz going around about the potential what can be built, and I think that's really interesting for the league. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut this podcast short. I'm going to keep it at 20 minutes for the first podcast. There's a lot of distribution things going on, like um, setting up with iTunes and that, getting approved. So I'm not going to spill out all the content. I wanted to touch on a few more things. But I think reviewing Media Day, getting into a bit of the preseason today, looking at I'm really excited about Markel Fultz. I want to talk a bit about him in the preseason um, updates. I think that he's he, from what I saw. Uh, he only played Melbourne United, how Melbourne United, but he looks like he had a lot more confidence when he was with the ball. And even then, when he had the ball on him, he seemed he still looked pretty good um, in the few games he played last year. I guess he can't win Rookie of the Year <laughs> like Ben Simmons. I do think he has a lot more confidence. His jump shot looked a lot more smoother. Like I don't think he doesn't have that little hitch in his jumper, and it looks yeah it looked it looked good and it's really promising those sort of things that we saw from preseason. It was good to see Gordon Haywood get onto the board and just get a bit of confidence into his leg. I heard him speak was it yesterday or the day before he was talking about he's really good um, physically. Oh, that Celtics team's going to be a monster. They're really they're going to be a problem for the league and I won't drop anything big yet predictions but. I'd like to thank you for listening to the first episode of the podcast. I'm really looking forward to going forward. Um, the places you can find us at is on Spotify, YouTube, and iTunes we're hoping to be on. Um, best place to um, keep up to date with what's been going on is to check out the Instagram. If you've got any queries or anything, feel free to send a DM. I'm not getting many of them, as you could imagine. So I'll be able to reply. And, um, yeah, thanks again.